Let's turn now in the Word of God to the book of Ecclesiastes and chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And we will be reading verses 1 through 20. Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 through 20. And God's people, beginning in verse 1, these are God's words. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Do not rash with thy mouth, And let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow, than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice, and destroy the work of thine hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also diverse vanities. But fear thou God. If thou seest the oppression of the poor and violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. Moreover, the prophet, of the, er, the prophet of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he hath much sorrow and wrath with his sickness." Behold that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink, 
and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion, and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. Those are God's words. We have heard uh, so far in the first four chapters of the vanity of so many things, and all things, uh, when you live a life outside of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And friends, all of you today, if you want a remedy for your vanity, all those vanities and the worthlessnesses that you uh, treasure, then turn to Jesus Christ in faith. But as well, he teaches us here in chapter 5, he says, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord according to God's word. All religion, even Christianity, is vanity. Our worship is vanity unless we worship the Lord according to his word. And so through verse 8, and in particular, even in verse 1, be present to hear His Word when He speaks. Be in worship when the people gather. And focus your hearts when you do worship on that final sacrifice of Christ and His resurrection from the dead. Not in the sacrifice of fools to offer that, but to hear Him and to focus our eyes and lives upon our hearts upon him and his sacrifice in worship we learn in this passage through verse 8 we are to pray and we pray with the pastor occasionally verses 4 through 6 we are to make vows in God's worship and he is very clear here keep your vows if you make vows you better keep them Because it's better to not make the vow in the first place than to make the vow and then not keep it. And then reverence and fear the Lord in His worship, for He is holy. And look to Him. And then concerning the vanities of wealth in this world, which He has addressed before, and starting in verse 9, consider that the fruits of the earth... First, are necessary for all peoples. We need food. We need drink, water. All these things are necessary for all peoples, but for things like silver and gold, and then he uh, generalizes all these kind of things, riches, wealth, verse 10, they do not satisfy, he says. Verse 11, they are unprofitable. Verse 12, they make one anxious, and as we go through the passage, they often prove hurtful, destructive, and they perish. And you can't take them with you in eternity. We have to leave them behind when we die. So if you don't use them, then those riches make us to be without contentment and ease. And in the last three verses, he recommends the righteous and wise use of those things that the Lord has given us as gifts in this world while we still have breath. Use the things He gives us. 
Use them for His glory, for His praise, as good stewards of His blessing you in His kingdom. Always keeping our eyes on the giver of every good and perfect thing that we have, which is the Father, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so He teaches here, if we can learn by His Word and direction how to manage our worship of Him according to His Word, and manage our affairs in this world, always looking to the Lord in Christ. And if that we do, then the vanities will be gone. They won't be vanities anymore. And there there will be real purpose for your life to the glory of God. And you'll find satisfaction in your life because you'll find satisfaction in the Lord and not the things of this world. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we give You praise. We are thankful that You are the God who has given us many good things on this earth. And above all, we might say You have given us one another as the church. You've given us faith in Christ. You've given us uh, peace with You. And how great a blessing it is then when you call us, God, to worship you, that we come and we join with the church, join in the assemblies of God's people and worship. And we're thankful that this worship takes place not only here, but throughout the world on this day, the Lord's Day, the day you gave to worship you as a public people of the bride of Jesus Christ. We're thankful for such blessings and we pray that you would tune our hearts and turn our hearts to You, that uh, we would be pure in heart, that we would hear Your words and not uh, be so quick to speak and speak with multitude of words, but we would rather listen and listen to You. That You would grant to us such many blessings and Your grace, even through Your Word being spoken by Your grace and by Your Spirit. Father, as we pray, pray that we would not pray as blubbering fools, but those with knowledge in our hearts of Your Word, and that we would pray in accordance with Your will, therefore, and in accordance with Your Word, that we would know what we're praying for will be answered, yes and amen. And where we don't know Your will, Father, we pray that we would pray asking that Your will would be done with complete contentment in the answer that You will give when You give it. And so grant us hearts that love to pray. And so grow us in this means of grace. And grant to Your people many blessings and strengthen us in faith. Father, we're thankful for the sacraments that You give to us as well in worship. And we're thankful that You grant to us the visible Word that we would not only hear but see uh, through symbol what we are to see in our hearts, in our minds, and be moved to in our affections. And so move us and strengthen us in faith through these means. And those vows we take, we pray that we would pay them. Some of us here have made marriage vows. We pray that we would be faithful to them. 
And some of us have made membership vows. We pray that we would be faithful to them. And Father, they are very difficult for us. We break them every day, our vows. But help us by Your Spirit and grace to keep them. And more and more, as You sanctify us and cause us to seek Your pardon, a pardon for our sins and our vow-breaking, our covenant-breaking, and make us to be faithful in Christ Your Son. Father, cause us not to come here with sacrifice of fools, but rather looking to the only perfect and final sacrifice, Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, where He suffered and died for our sin and bore the wrath of our what we deserve because of our sin and judgment for us. Father, turn your people to you. We pray that you would grant great success as we bear testimony and witness before our neighbors in the work of those who go and help in the, on Saturdays here in the Grand View. We pray that you would grant success, that the gospel would go forth in these different ways, whether individually of ourselves or as we work together as members of the church to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. And that there is offered to each one salvation from their sins and the great and eternal punishments of hell and damnation. We pray that You would grant success in the purposes for our proclaiming the good news. We've learned that success is not merely those who turn in faith to Jesus Christ, Your Son, which that is success when they do. When you're elect, you bring in according to Your will. That is surely successful. And we give You praise for that. But we also give You praise because we know that when the Word goes forth and men and women and even children harden their hearts, that that is successful as well. As hard as that is and grieving to us as that is, Father, we know that that is Your plan. And that is Your purpose. And so it is successful. And so we pray that we would be all the more willing and zealous to proclaim the good news and tell people about Jesus Christ. And to use Your Word as we tell people about Jesus Christ and not our own words. Because we don't need to hear, and the sinners don't need to hear a multitude of fools telling them about what they think. But we need to hear, and sinners need to hear what You say. Because Your Word is the Word that gives life, because it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of bone and marrow and soul and spirit. And so cause us to speak Your Word, not our words. Our words are dead, but Your words are living. And so grant life by Your Word going forth. And grant that the kingdom would expand, that the nations would turn to Christ, Your Son, that many, even of the Jews, would come in, the great multitude of the Jews, the fullness of the Jews would be brought in, and so that it would bring about even more uh, Gentiles into the kingdom. And now, as the many Gentiles are coming into the kingdom, it would cause a jealousy and a desire 
for the Jews to come in and have Christ as their King and their Savior. And so work that now, Father. And we pray also that as we pray that you would, your kingdom would grow and increase and expand. We also pray for the destruction of Satan's kingdom. That you would turn and destroy that kingdom. And even the kingdoms of his followers. Even that Antichrist, the Pope of Rome. That you would destroy it. Destroy him. Because he has tricked and convinced many of great atrocities, even those who, uh, the few who may be your people, deceived, and turn to that. Turn them back now, Father, and grant them uh, right thinking and a heart that loves you and loves not one who sits in the temple of your church on your throne, or says they do. But rather, Father, one who... uh, We pray that you would grant faith to many, that they would see Christ as the mediatorial King who sits on the forever throne of the forever kingdom, forever. And so grant faith to these, and so expand your kingdom, and cause the churches, many more churches to be planted and provide for this church, that we would continue, that the gospel would continue in this place, in this city, and that your name would be proclaimed, and many would hear and believe. And so protect us. And may, in the past weeks and years, grown in being more and more afraid of what is coming, or what is, and attacks upon your people, and persecution, But we remember that the heirs of Christ, the heirs of God, will be persecuted. And we pray that You would grant us comfort and strength in this. And You would teach us Your ways even as we're going through the Gospels, even as we go through Isaiah. And You would teach us Your ways of what it means to follow after Jesus Christ, even to take up our cross and follow Him. And so strengthen us to serve You. Strengthen Your people to love You, and to turn to You, and uh, not to ourselves. And Father, we give You praise that You've healed those who are sick, those who are still sick. We pray that You would grant good healing at the right time. And Father, those who are away, we pray for Junior and Johnny and Joanna and Maria who are in Japan and uh, have worshipped with the the church in, in Japan there in Kobe. Uh, Father, we ask that You would grant to them blessing as they're there, but also protection. We know that the things going on throughout the world are kind of chaotic right now, but not chaotic to You. And so we ask that You would grant them safety and protect them as Christ is on the throne and He rules and defends Your people and uh, our brothers and sisters. We pray that You would protect them. And uh, Father, we ask all these things in the name of Christ, Your Son, our Mediatorial King. In His name, Amen.